Welcome to the new Paradigm Podcast. My name is Morten Hake and this is the place where we'll talk about the stuff that's going to make you remember who you really are. Let's go. Today we got a very, very, very special guest with us. Uh, Jamie Smart. I got to know this guy back in 2007, 2008, and then I invited him to speak at the Mortonaka Summit, and I thought he was going to speak about NLP, because he, he used to run one of the biggest NLP product companies in the world. But when he came to the summit and he had the keynote speech, he talked about something 180 degrees different than what I thought, and he blew my mind. Ever since... He was at the summit, and then we set up a workshop a month after. I have had to flip my entire business upside down, like literally. So listen carefully to what he is about to say. So I intro- please give a warm welcome to Jamie Smart. podcast hey thank you man this is uh this is your first <laughs> this is our first podcast and I, i i have a feeling we're gonna do a lot of them oh, it's good to be here yeah um so so we just did a full weekend workshop actually four days on friday we did a, a bigger seminar which was amazing and and then saturday and sunday We had a full packed room uh, event, which was very impactful. For crowded, like, crowded. <laughs> it was crowded. Yeah, I thought about it. Should we should we put the seats like like a classroom, or should we just continue having it like in horseshoe? I'm But glad we did it as a horseshoe. It's just yeah. really nice to just have that connection with everyone and be able to see everyone and connect. It was nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, especially because for a lot of people, it was their kind of first introduction to this mm-hmm. stuff as well. Lovely energy in the room, and then on Monday we did a smaller group, more intensive. Um, I I was there half today because I, I was so I I haven't slept in like five days, so I was like literally falling asleep, which could have been nice, but I wanted to have my bed, so. <laughs> but I was there half today, and it was so cool. And I heard, uh, yeah, um, like it was some it was some great. Um, discoveries and breakthroughs there it was pretty amazing because we were doing it we're in a small group and doing one-to-one with each person at the Mm. front of the room and in each case we'd start the session and i don't think any of us had any idea what was going to happen because each time it was like wow you know what's going to happen here but in every single case something shifted in a in a powerful way and it's just yeah very very cool to be able to to uh to explore in that way and and see that kind of impact with people it's funny how like when you're there it's just there's no predictability in what's going to happen throughout the day 
Yeah, yeah. There's well, there's no. It's it's not like I mean I know a lot of people who have done you know coach training and that sort of thing. Like yeah. it's like here's the step by step process for uh, having an impact on someone or setting a goal or that sort of thing. Yeah. But with this is a little different. Like people sit down. And it's like oh well, you know, what do you want or what has you here or what are some changes you'd like to make or what would you? And then you just don't know what's going to happen. You listen and you connect. And but the, it, it's interesting. I was talking to one of the delegates afterwards, and she was saying with the the modalities that she'd learned, that, mm-hmm. you know, for for coaching, it, she had quite a lot on her mind and lots to remember while she was working with someone yeah. and lots of steps to follow and that sort of thing. Yeah. And she said, you know, how's this different? And I said, well, for me, the the preparation has been done before. The preparation for a session is your grounding. Mm. It's your understanding of the inside out nature of life. It's the the clarity of understanding with which you see uh, this paradigm. When I say clarity of understanding, I mean something you can feel in your body. Like it's just like, you know, uh, your understanding of gravity isn't an intellectual thing. Your understanding of gravity is something you use Every day, all the time, walking upstairs, picking up things, jumping over things. That's the kind of understanding I'm talking about. An understanding that shows up for you all the time, every day, whether you're noticing it or not. It's that. So that's the preparation. And then you sit down to work with someone and the best thing you got going for you is a clear head. Yeah. Nothing to think about, nothing to remember, nothing, no steps to follow. Yeah. So it's a very different way of working. And I, I, over the weekend, someone gave me this just amazing quote by Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get it right, but it, it's, he, said, he said, Tesla, I don't know if you know, is an amazing inventor uh, 100 years ago or so. He He's the guy who invented alternating current, which is basically the electricity you've got everywhere in your your home, your hotel room, you know, wherever. He invented that. And um, he, so incredible visionary, incredible thinker, incredible creator. He said, uh, he said, my brain is only a receiver. In the universe, there is a core from which we obtain knowledge, strength, and inspiration. I have not penetrated into the secrets of this core, but I know that it exists. And I, I thought, you know, someone brought me that this weekend. I'd never seen it before, but I just loved it. Yeah. And then when, when this person was asking me about how I work with people doing this, how I work with a group, how I work with uh, an individual, I was telling her about that quote because instead of having a bunch of stuff on on your mind, what I know is that... Uh, when you're when you're coaching someone, when you're when you're working with a group, the best thing you got going for you is a clear head. Yeah. With a clear head, you can be connected up to that source, that core that Tesla talks about, mm. and you get what you need. Whether that's creativity or the right the right thing to say or that feeling of connection yeah. or or whatever it is, and so. The cool thing about that is it doesn't just apply to coaching. No. It applies to performance in any field. And it applies it applies to all of us. Like I guarantee everyone who's listening to this, like 
either you've gone on a date or you've been doing a talk or you've been playing video games or you've been playing a musical instrument or you've been dancing or you've been hanging out with your friends. And the times when you feel the most connected, feel the most inspired, feel the experience the greatest bursts of creativity, mm. um, deliver the best performance, you know, score the goal, uh, play the most amazingly that you could never have even thought of. I remember watching, uh, gosh, this shows my age. I was watching Euro 96. That was the last time I watched a football match. Probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) So so 20 years ago, I watched a football. Paul Gascoigne put in a goal uh, against Scotland. And I was like, oh my God, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It was so clear to me that he cannot have had anything on his mind it was like the game was playing him just in the flow yeah totally in the flow you can can see now there's world cup i can see it all the time i can see in 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 teams what teams are in flow what players are in flow i mean you can just see and when they are in the flow that's when the magic happens Mm. just like they're two step they're two steps ahead of their competitor and it's just you can you can just see it sometimes and that's the powerful and that we're talking about it um this works around this works across the board well i heard this was what it was like with uh, spain against holland the mm. other night that spain who were by far the the ranking the, the best yeah and yeah. holland who were you know underdogs at some point, Spain kind of got, a, as a team, got a head full of insecure thinking. Yes. And Holland got clarity and bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Yep. Game Very on. true. Well, this is it. And you're right. It applies not just in sports. It applies in every domain. But here's the cool thing. So so someone listening to this may go, well, well, that's nothing new. That's, you know, that's flow. That's being in the zone. That's uh, all that sort of stuff. And and they're they're right. It is. But... What we're finding is that there's something that you can understand about life, something that you can understand about where our experience comes from that means you're going to spend more time there. Mm. And uh, and when you're not there, you're going to find your way back more easily and you're going to... Um, you're going to uh, uh, benefit from it because it turns out the only thing that stops... I'm, I'm going to say flow, but it, it goes for anything, whether it's just that feeling of connection when you're in a great conversation or it's coming up with a great idea or solving something, whatever it might be, that that the only thing that ever gets in the way of that is what I call superstitious thinking generated from a misunderstanding about where our experience comes from. I want, there's this idea that popped into my head like four times during this conversation <laughs> that uh, uh, when we talked about Tesla, um, I'm fascinated and intrigued by talking about how science, when going deep enough or going like, uh, then it like they kind of, it's kind of like they hit this core or they 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 reach a point where they understand what tesla did that there is something that we literally cannot um we don't have the 
imaginary capacity to understand or explain or make into words what is. Sure. And and I I find that fascinating too. And people may be saying, don't say that. That's a limiting belief that we can't find the words. But but I'm talking about something more profound than that. And so if you think, if you imagine like uh, bumblebees, for instance, Mm -hmm. bumblebees are very unlikely to make any big discoveries about quantum physics. Bumblebees, as far as I can tell, don't even know that there's such a field as quantum physics. And so it's not even on, quantum physics isn't even on their minds. But bum, bumblebees are made of quantum physics, but, but the ability to map it and comprehend it and understand it is so far outside of its awareness mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's never even going to you know, go to university. It's, it's not going to happen. Bumblebees don't do that. And yet, even if it did really well on its exams, and yet, and yet, bees are integral to our survival. Like without bees, uh, plants wouldn't get pollinated. Mm. And, and if plants didn't get pollinated, there wouldn't be oxygen mm. for everyone on the, on the planet. So our survival is thanks to bees who don't even know that that's the role they're playing uh. in all of this. So there's things that are just, there, there are things that are outside the bees capacity to even perceive. Well, by the same token, there are things, I don't know. There's this amazing, amazing video called the universe from nothing by Lawrence Krauss. And he's uh, he's an astrophysicist and like brain the size of a planet. And he's explaining how if you start with nothing, like literally nothing, a vacuum, the laws of quantum mean a universe will spring from it. Stuff will, stuff will come from it. And he explains how all that works. Yeah. But here's the thing. When we talk about nothing, what we really mean is nothing that's available to a human nervous system and its extensions. Mm. So by extensions, I mean binoculars, telescopes, microscopes, uh, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. The things we use to, to, measure. To, to measure and to kind of amplify our senses. Mm. So a microscope can amplify our sense of sight. Um, one of those deep space listening devices can amplify our sense of mm. sound. So they're brilliant amplifiers but they still only amplify within the range of mm. things that are available to a human neurology mm. things that can be uh things that can be comprehended mm. by a human neurology things that can be imagined by a human neurology like the amount of colors kind of yeah so yeah. so like like we've got the color spectrum that ranges from you know ultraviolet to infrared or whatever, mm. and we can see a certain spectrum. And blackbirds, you know what? This is a freak show. Mm. Blackbirds aren't actually black. Blackbirds have brightly co- colored plumage, but that's only visible to birds. It's not <laughs> visible to people. That's... Chrome, like if you look at stainless steel, chrome stainless steel, yeah. it's covered in rust. But the rust that it's covered in keeps it shiny and so that rust the the light waves that it emits aren't available to the human uh uh visual sense so we see a shiny piece of chrome even though it's actually covered in rust what's the rust that's keeping it shiny 
and wow. we can't see the rest. So these are all, all just examples of what we think of as this is the world is actually like a letterbox that we look through that has very specific parameters of what we're able to see. Now, we can use things like telescopes, microscopes, spectrometers, that sort of thing, to expand X-ray machines, to expand the range of that letterbox and make it twice as big or three times as big. We can use mathematics to make predictions about what's outside the letterbox and that sort of stuff. But all of it is a letterbox, a view on reality as perceived by a human neurology. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Physicists know this, so they don't talk about what reality is like. They talk about our model of reality, our way of perceiving reality, our way of describing reality. But what, what, they, what good physicists accept is that we can't ever really say anything about reality. We can only talk about our perceptions, reality as perceived by uh, a, human a, human, a human nervous system, human yeah. experience. Well, here's the thing where it turns into a total freak show. The human experience, our perceptual reality is being generated from the inside out using the principles of thought and mind and consciousness. It's being created real time based on data. I mean, there's data flowing in. That's what our senses are for. But it looks to us like there's a trick of the mind. It looks to us like we're looking out through our eyes, like we look through the viewfinder of a camera or listening through our ears, like we listen through, a, a, I don't know, an old ear trumpet or something. But that's not what it's like. You, you can think of your, it's kind of an unromantic image, but you can think of your senses as being more like USB ports in a computer. Uh, like the sockets where the stuff gets plugged in and then data streams in and the data streams in and then your mind goes, what must be out there for me to be experiencing this? And then it makes a model of that. It makes a reality based on that. And that's so odd and so improbable sounding that it, like I, I've been talking about that for 10 years, because long before I came to an understanding of the principles behind clarity, I, I was still very interested in the nervous system. And it blew my mind that literally what that means is as you look around, everything you see, your experience of that is being generated inside of you. Even the stuff that's, that's like if you, if you look across the room or look across wherever you are, the stuff you can see on the other side of the room, that's happening inside you as well. Mm. If you look out at the sky or out of the stars, your experience of that is all happening inside you. Your experience of it isn't happening out there. Even the bits that look like they're out there, that experience is taking place inside you like a virtual reality goggles. And that still is so shocking to me that that, that that's the case. I'm like, whoa. Every time I think about it, I'm like, that's weird. That's really weird. But here's the thing. Because that's happening every second, it's literally that, that experience of reality is being created real time. Now, let me clarify something. I am not saying you create reality. I'm not even saying you create your own reality. 
No, I'm pretty sure this hotel was built by construction engineers and I'm glad for them. What I'm saying is you create your own experience of reality and that's happening second to second to second to second to second. It's not like you created it and then left it to run. You're literally, as you listen to this right now, in every moment, you're generating your experience of this from within from within you, from deep within your psychological and spiritual properties. This is being generated. So literally, if you're listening to this and, and your, your experience of it is, man, he's boring, that you're generating that boring experience from within you. If you're listening to this and going, oh man, he's, he's, he's got such an amazing voice, that's being generated from within you too. If you're listening to this and going, I don't agree with him, he must be an asshole, that feeling of assholiness is coming from inside of you. And if you're listening to this and going, I like this, but I don't really understand it, but it feels good, that's being generated from inside you too. It's, it's all... It, it's all coming from inside you, but it looks like it's coming from out there. That's how it looks. Mm. That's how it seems. That's how it seems to me a lot of the time. But, but that's a trick of the mind, and history is full of these tricks of the mind that we see through. Like It looks to me like the sun rises well in norway at this time of year it doesn't look like it sets it's, it's all but like the sun rises and the sun sets that's how it looks but it doesn't that's just an illusion created by the earth going around the sun sun's the sun's just hanging out and the earth's the one that's moving yeah. but it looks like the sun moves well yeah. that's a trick of the mind now we all know that and yet a few thousand years ago no one knew that and even the smartest people in the world didn't know that. Like people who were geniuses didn't know that because they fell for the trick of the mind. Well, we've been falling for a trick of the mind that has it seem as though our experience of life is coming from out there, but it isn't. It's coming from inside. And as you start to see that, the whole game changes. Oh, yeah, across the board. Mm. <laughs> you have a... We, you uh, talk about when you talk about a single paradigm and how well can you talk about that yeah <laughs> um so so well first i should explain what a paradigm is because paradigm and paradigm shift are words that get thrown around oh, yeah. like like baseballs but actually a paradigm is a very rare thing yeah. they're they're you know, there have been a small number of paradigms through through history. There's not many. There's like, you know, dozens maybe, if that, maybe a dozen. There's, there's not that, you know, there's been a handful in the field of physics. There's been a few in the field of chemistry. There's, there's, they're rare. Mm -hmm. And what it refers to is the, the agreed set of principles or laws that everyone in a field agrees agrees on that that are what we might call facts of nature, facts of life, facts of how the world work. And so until a field has a paradigm, the field is kind of kind of uh 
finding their way forward in the dark to some yeah. degree. And, and every field has to go through that. So the field of physics before Newton, Newton, amazing uh, visionary. He, he, had in, he was an amazing thinker. He, he had uh, insights about gravity. And his insights of gravity had him uh, articulate the law of universal gravitation, which is one of the core laws of the physical world. Uh, now, he did, it's not like he made that up. He, he observed it. He insightfully saw how it worked. Mm. And then he, he pointed to it and he said to physics, he said, hey, there's a law here. There's a fact of life here. There's something that's always true. There's something that's a constant. And before that, physics had been in the domain of good ideas and theories and maybe it's like this or maybe it's like that. When, uh, when Newton came along, he said, no, there's a way that it works. And with a, with a principle, it's, it's constant, it's, it's descriptive. So it says, here's how it works. It doesn't tell you what you should do. Gravity isn't – no one's going, well, how should I apply gravity? It's like, uh-huh. do what you like. This is how it works. Yeah. So – Newton, the first paradigm in physics was, it was gravity, it was uh, the laws of thermodynamics. And these are laws that were observed throughout the, the natural world. And that, that paradigm held for hundreds of years. And then in the early 1900s, Albert Einstein came up with relativity and that created a paradigm shift. So it shifted from the Newtonian paradigm to the Einsteinian paradigm, the rel- relativity the new paradigm that Einstein established still explained everything in Newton's paradigm, yeah. but was even better. Yeah. And then quantum came along and it's, it's, it, quantum physics explains everything in relativity and everything in the Newtonian paradigm. The quantum physics paradigm, I know people say it's weird and that sort of thing, and it is. I mean, it's a total uh, madhouse. But, but it's been proven experimentally and practically more than any other paradigm like lcd tvs and computers and phones those things exist because of the paradigm in quantum that we've got more stuff in our lives that's been made possible because of the uh, establishment and agreement on the quantum physics paradigm than anything else so that's what a paradigm is so why yeah thank you professor smart why the physics lesson well here's why before there's a paradigm in a field, the field is in disarray. Mm. It's theories, it's heuristics, it's uh, good ideas, it's rules of thumb. After a paradigm is established, the field takes off. So you look at medicine. Before the discovery of germs and bacteria, if you got ill, you're better off not going to a doctor. Mm. Doc- <laughs> medicine was bad news back in the 1700s and the early 1800s. They thought illness and disease was caused by bad smells and a hundred other things because they didn't know about germs and bacteria. Now, every 10-year-old knows about germs and bacteria today. Mm-hmm. You could send a 10-year-old back in time to the 1700s and they'd be more effective than the best doctor in the world mm-hmm. because they know about a fact of life. So the discovery of that paradigm in medicine Everyone agrees on, oh, it's germs and bacteria. Everyone now agrees on it. You know, by the early 1900s, everyone agreed on it. Because there's a paradigm now, uh, the average age of people on planet Earth has been increased by 30 years. Mm. 
is an incredible accomplishment. Because of Newton's paradigm, uh, his discoveries, the average quality of life of everyone on the planet went up by a factor of tenfold over 100 years. The, the Industrial Revolution, which Newton's discoveries made possible, uh, the average quality, the quality of life went up tenfold, ten times. Imagine for a moment... Imagine your quality of life being tenfold, being ten times as good as it is now. Well, here's the funny thing. In the modern world, our quality of life in terms of our physical experience of life is better than it's ever been. Even even people who are... Uh, you know, struggling and that sort of thing in, in Western society still typically have a roof over their head and food to eat and, yeah. all uh, you know, heating and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there are some very unfortunate people who don't, but most people, you know, on average, everyone's physical quality of life is phenomenal compared to what it was a few hundred years ago. The challenge we've got now is that our psychological quality of life, our mental and emotional quality of life, our mental and emotional lifestyle is suffering. Mm. And the reason that it's suffering is because of a misunderstanding about where our experience comes from that is to the, to tw- that this misunderstanding is to 21st century psychology what the misunderstanding of germs and bacteria was to 19th century medicine. Mm. So they, they discovered germs and bacteria. People live 30 years longer and everything got better. Believe me, you don't want to go to a 18th century doctor. Mm-hmm. We have been suffering in a misunderstanding about where our experience comes from. And as people see through that misunderstanding and discover where it's really coming from, their mental and emotional lifestyle goes through the roof. Mm. We've got the physical lifestyle now. What we need is a vast improvement in our mental and emotional lifestyle. And so the good news is this paradigm, it hasn't been agreed yet. There's not broad agreement on it, but the principles have been discovered. Mm. Now, when Ignaz Semmelweis, he's the guy who first insightfully saw the whole thing about germs and bacteria. Mm. He saw it in the 1840s. It's like, oh my God, there's something on the doctor's hands. There's something on the instruments. It's invisible, but that's what's making people sick. He saw it. It took another 60 years before it was widespread, but it became widespread and now everyone knows it. 40 years ago, a guy called Sidney Banks insightfully saw the psychology equivalent of that. A simple misunderstanding that's been leading to most of the problems and difficulties and struggles and strains that people experience in their personal lives and in our businesses and in our society, everything from stress and pressure and burnout to war and terrorism and uh, addiction it, that in, and pillage of the environment. Now, it may sound like cloud cuckoo land to hear someone say that one misunderstanding could be causing all those different problems. And it sounded like cloud cuckoo land when Ignaz Semmelweis was telling people that one misunderstanding was causing all these different illnesses. But it was a fact. It was a fact of life. And as people get eyes for how life already works, 
everything changes, which I know you know for yourself, Morton. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, I literally everyone I've seen uh, and worked with and my friends and everyone who's understood what you're pointing to, their lives has been changed positively in every single aspect of their life. Like every single aspect. (laughs) Just because, like you're saying, this is a fundamental misunderstanding in psychology. So when people understand this, then they are not any longer misunderstanding um, um, how to deal with their, or, um, yeah, with their, with their, with their challenges or problems or feelings or thoughts that's showing up. Um, actually, I don't deal with it anymore, to yeah. be honest. But uh, uh, <laughs> I know this guy said to me the other day, uh, a guy who I was, uh, I, I, he came along on a. a uh, a workshop I did. And he says, so how much time do you spend analyzing your thinking these days? I'm like, no time. No time. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to do. If, if I find myself uh, analyzing my thinking, I'm like, as soon as I notice, I'm like, stop that. That's the wrong direction. That's not going to help. And uh, what a relief. It's funny. Uh, I want to tell this because you, you, you sometimes uh, uh, on your workshops and seminars tell a story when you got interviewed on, on Sky News. And you were like, um, uh, you were nervous. And then the guy in the green, like in the green room or the back room asked like, aren't you nervous? What are you going to do about it? And you just simply said nothing. You know, the the less I do, the better. Because, you know, thinking about overthinking only creates more overthinking. It's so interesting, you know. Yeah. I saw an interview with Usain Bolt. Yeah. And when he's before a race, like this is the fastest man on earth. Before a race, he's just going and chatting to people and that sort of thing. And they go like, why aren't you thinking about the race? Yeah. And he says, uh, <laughs> I find the more I think about the race, the worse I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like I, here's the thing. It's not like he's going to forget that he needs to run a hundred meters as fast as he can. <laughs> it's like, like it's, it's, I don't think I don't think Daniel Sturridge is going to forget that his job is to put the goal the ball in the back of the net. That's that's it's, it's that's not like game, oh, but if yeah. I don't focus on it, it's like well, I don't know. It's not that complicated. Is it? I know there are I know there are challenges and complications in executing it. And that's why you need your full mental capacity to do it. Yeah. And so if you're try, try overthinking it or up in your head trying to figure it out, that's reducing the mental capacity you have available to execute the task at hand. Mm. And so, you know, the less you have on your mind, the more impact you can have. Mm. And the, the, the better it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. And what I... And so, so you did. You were very satisfied with how what you said on Sky News, and it worked out great. And uh, and I had a similar situation last week, uh, which throughout the situation, uh, I thought a lot about your um, story about Sky News because I got um, and they did a they did a they did a segment a news story about flirting on the. It's like they have a World Cup big screen downtown. 
And there's a lot of people there. I was thinking like there's this World Cup of flirting and I'm like, wow, that's – how did I miss out on that, that news report? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so they wanted to interview me about that, and um, uh, so 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 I, I I said yes, and throughout the day, I you know thoughts about that interview run came to me a lot, like maybe forty times in ten hours, and um, and I and just because I knew that I'm only feeling. That my feelings is only a ref- like a, 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 an echo of my th- thought created experience in the moment. Then, then I knew that I don't have to like hold, continue to think about it. I don't have to hold on to that thought and try to figure out what the thought is telling me. I just have to, you know, live life. And <laughs> so I did. And even even when I went down there. I felt my hands sweating, starting to sweat. I felt my mouth drying up. And while I used to actually, before I used to actually try to dry my hands as the, as if that would have helped. You know, <laughs> it's in a my little late. <laughs> <laughs> Drink some water, you know. Uh, it's not like I'm going to be less nervous if I dry my hands, you know. <laughs> So I just like noticed that oh my hands are starting to sweat and I'm my 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 throat is getting uh, dry and and I just noticed it and then I continued living and then um and then I delivered amazing on the on the on the interview and I was super present in front of the camera with a journalist we, you know we became friends and she was awesome and, and the whole th- situation was a fun experience and just because I didn't make a mental monster out of just thoughts. Well, can I can I pull some stuff out of there, Martin? Because yeah. here's what I heard. Because I know someone who's listening to this is going, "Well, that sounds great. So how do I stop thinking about it?" Has <laughs> it because because the 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 thing that the thing that has to be there in order for you to have the experience you have is an understanding of where the experience is coming from in the first place. Yeah. And so the the and, and often when people hear a story like that, the first thing people are going is, "Oh, how do I how do I do that? How do I clear my mind? How do I stop thinking about it? How do I how do I not make a monster out of it? How do I how do I how do I?" And that's totally natural and understandable because people are looking for applications. Okay. What's the technique I can use to stop thinking about it? What's the approach I can use to not make a monster out of it? Yeah. What's the uh, uh, the uh, tool I can use to clear my mind? And so you have people practicing mindfulness or uh, doing um, uh, meditation and all those things. Now, I've got nothing against any of those things. Do what makes sense to you. Uh, however, the difference that we're pointing to isn't isn't an application. It's what I call implication-based learning. So, so when you learned uh, when you when you're a little child, you spent several years learning about the implications of gravity. Mm. Gravity is a fact. Gravity is unchanging. Uh, it's it applies to everyone. There are no exceptions. No one gets a day off from gravity. Gravity 
is a fact of life in this universe or this galaxy. Principle. It's a principle. It's a principle. You, anywhere you go, you're going to be in gravity. I said that to a group once and this guy goes, not if you go to the moon. I said, mate, you say that, you don't understand gravity. Gravity is everywhere. Gravity's on the moon. Gravity's everywhere, except in a black hole. Black holes are, uh, I, I don't know what they are, but, but uh, gravity's everywhere. It's a principle. Mm. Maybe they're evening black holes. I don't know. Anyway. We'll stop talking about the black holes. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally disappearing into a content black hole in this moment. So, so anyway, gravity is a principle. It's everywhere all the time. You're born into gravity yeah. and you were born into the principles of thought, mind and consciousness. And these are the principles that Sidney Banks insightfully saw uh, 40 years ago. Sidney Banks... Uh, is to or was he's, he passed away in two thousand and nine? But Sidney Banks was to the first psychological paradigm. Because here's the thing: in the field of psychology, there is no paradigm. It's a pre-principles field. Mm -hmm. It's a field that has. You'll look around. You'll see four hundred, five hundred, six hundred different schools of approaches. therapy yeah. and approaches and methodologies with their own ideas, with their own theories, with their own models. But there's no set of principles that everyone agrees on. There's no set of yeah. facts of life that everyone agrees on. Yeah. And as a result, it's a pre-principles field. Now, every field has to go through this. Yeah. Uh, well, what Sidney Banks saw was to the field of psychology what Ignat Semmelweis's discovery of germs and bacteria was to medicine. Yeah. Sidney Banks saw it. Now, these principles, these are facts of life. And so just like you were born into gravity, you were born into the principles of thought, consciousness, and mind. Yeah. Uh, they're already there when we showed up. They're already there for every creature. They're already there throughout the known universe. They're what... The whole thing's made of. And they're formless. They're formless principles, just like gravity is formless. So we all know about gravity because we've been taught about it and we've been we've got eyes for it. And so we think, oh well, yeah, no, gravity's a real thing. It's like, well, it is, but it's got no form. You go get me some gravity or draw a picture of gravity. It's formless. You can see the effects of gravity. Yeah. But you can't see gravity. Well, it's the same with the principles of thought, consciousness, and mind. Mm. They're formless. You can see the effects of them, yeah. uh, but you can't see them. And so we use metaphors. And here's what people find, and, and you'll find this too, as you continue deepening your understanding about these pre-existing facts of how our human experience is created, these facts of life that you've been in your whole life. You've, all, you've been benefiting from them, using them, suffering from them, uh, experiencing them. Every experience that you've ever had in your whole life has come to you courtesy of these principles and you didn't even know they were there. Mm. And you start getting eyes for these and the impact is going to be profound because as you start getting eyes for these, you start to see the implications of them. Now, here's the difference between implication-based learning and application-based learning. With application-based learning, you get some good ideas of things to do and you practice them and you get better at them. 
with implication-based learning, you've got like development time and run time. So with implication-based learning, you're learning about it, you're learning about it, you start seeing the implications of it. Mm. And then they show up automatically. Mm. They show up automatically. So there's nothing to do. So that's what you benefited from mm. when you did that interview. So people listening who who haven't yet got an understanding of these principles, yeah. they'll go, so how did he do that? How did he put that into practice? You know, what did you do? What are the steps you followed? What's your technique for not making a, ma- a monster out of it? <laughs> but it wasn't like, my guess is, you know, I mean, you haven't told me about it. My guess is... None of that was happening because no. it's implication-based. You understand it. Yeah. And so it happened automatically. Your yeah. wisdom brought you the clarity and the connection and the creativity and the confidence and the focus and the awareness oh, yeah. and the presence that you needed when you need it automatically yeah. because of your understanding of how the system exactly. works. Exactly. And people have a tendency to look on the top of the top of the iceberg and be like <laughs> and don't see the, the the what's underneath uh, so just yeah. as, a small, as a small like call to action at the end of this podcast uh, for people is just as this like uh, when it comes to psychology and psychological trouble or challenges or whatever uh, just like Germs and bacteria discovery revolutionized medicine. This new paradigm revolutionized, is revolutionizing uh, the field of psychology. Well, it is. And I mean, it's it's been a quiet revolution at first. You know, this went for 40 years and having huge impact in certain people's lives and making a huge difference in certain pockets of communities, everything from jails to recovery centers and that sort of thing. But because a paradigm... There, there, as as you as you may be experiencing right now, there are certain challenges in in even helping people to see a new paradigm. Because you you talk about the new paradigm, and what they see is what they already know. Yeah. And they go, oh, isn't this the same as the secret, or isn't this the same as mindfulness, or isn't this the same as CBT, or isn't aren't you just saying uh, uh, think positive? When it's like, no, 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 we're not saying to do anything no. except get a better understanding of how yeah. it already works. And so what I'm seeing is the this the 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 awareness, the understanding of this paradigm is revolutionizing the lives of individuals. And as that happens, it's spreading. And it seems to be spreading faster and faster and faster. And the the thing about psychology is your psychology, your thinking, your habitual patterns of thought and feeling and your fresh, new, insightful, inspirational thoughts and feelings, that stuff applies across the board in every area of your life. Everything you need motivation for, everything you want connection for, all your relationships, all your projects, all your creativity, all your business, all your work, you get a change in your understanding of where your experience is coming from, of how your mind works Everything improves. Everything gets impacted. It's across the board. Now, does that mean I never struggle? I never get stuck in my thinking? No, I get caught out in this. I get caught in this on a daily basis. I get tricked 
into believing my felt experience is coming from something other than my thinking. It's coming from uh, that guy or yeah, that that's job. How it, how it works. That's how it looks. That's, yeah. It's not yeah. how it works. No, but that's it's how, how it looks. It's how it seems. It's how it appears to us. It's how it feels. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, it, it's definitely my boss and what he said that's making me feel like this. Or it's definitely that girl or that guy or that thing that happened to me when I was yeah. six or that thing that's going to happen to me if I don't pass my exams or or achieve high score on, you know, Tomb Raider or whatever it is. It seems as though yeah. that's where our experience is coming from, but it does not work that way ever. The, not even once, not ever. We're only cool feeling about, our thinking. The cool, but it's like the cool thing about this is that this – works the way that it's kind of like supposed to trick us into having this experience you know what i'm saying well yeah like when you when you know when you know this then you can like live life and enjoy life uh, with the experiences because they always seem so real that's what i'm saying like yeah that's it works as though it seems so real every time even though even though you know it it's still like this, this feels and looks so real. Well, that's the power of thought because yeah. the reality is sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't, sometimes you know it. And so, but that's the beauty of it because exactly. the more deeply you see it, the more you can just surrender and enjoy life. Yeah. And so and here's the funny thing, Martin, and I'll, 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 I'll end on this, but... People, when they first hear this, because they're listening from their existing model of how life mm. works, they go, well, if I believe that, then life would really be flat and it would be dull mm. and I'd be kind of just like I wouldn't have any emotional range and I'd be boring and that sort of thing. I'm like, mate, that is not my experience. That's not the experience of anyone I've ever shared this with. When people start seeing this for themselves, your life starts to get richer more inspiring, more profound. Your connections get deeper. Yep. Uh, every it raises the game on everything. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, very very cool to be able to even be involved in this and talking about it. Yeah, I agree. All right, Jamie, thanks so much for 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 doing this. And if people want to get a hold of you uh, or where yeah where can they where could they go just head on over to www.jamiesmart.com there's lots of free stuff there you can listen to uh audios about this and there's uh stuff where you can get my book clarity clear mind better mm. performance bigger results at amazon uh and uh, those videos and all sorts so whatever uh uh, whatever makes sense to you. And if, if you feel inspired to come to London in person or the next thing that's happening in Oslo, then I'll see you there. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was the Paradigm Shift podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it on your Facebook. If not, then please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no.